Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you had a terrific, blessed weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves, and if you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the website, Magnesium Brain Food on Sale, the Eat Clean and Be Healthy Cookbook on Sale product of the week at healthmasters.com, and we appreciate your continued support. And uh, I'm still up here. I'm up in North Carolina right now. I was down in Georgia yesterday, filled up with diesel fuel, and diesel's at like 471 down in Georgia, which is still insanely expensive, but much lower than a lot of other parts of the country. And it was interesting. I was talking to a guy, and uh, he was kind of conservative guy over by Blue Ridge, Georgia. And I asked him, I said, isn't it funny? I said, about a month ago, you remember everything on the mainstream media told us that, you know, diesel was going to run out. There was no diesel left, that we we're going to be completely out of diesel by Thanksgiving and nothing was going to operate. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember all that. And we had the conversation, pretty much the exact same conclusion as I told him and I told you guys on the show, that that was nothing more than propagated hedged bet in order to, if they could not steal the election in the ways they needed to, in the states they needed to, they had the perfect outlet to now say, oh, look what's happened. The Republicans won. Now diesel's completely run out and prices have skyrocketed, and they completely control and manipulate the market. Dad already told you guys who runs Exxon, who owns Mobile One. All these companies that own the fuel, it's the same ones with Blackstone and, or Blackstreet and State Street and Blackstone, uh, all of the different guys. Uh, BlackRock. Black BlackRock, yeah. that's what it, All these guys run the exact same show. And so what's interesting about it is there was another guy I talked to at a rock store. My son wanted to go in. He loves rocks, and they had petrified rocks in there and all kinds of really cool rocks. And I talked to the guy behind the counter, and he was just a worker there. And he was talking to us, and he asked us where we were from. I told him Florida. He goes, oh, I'm from Fort Lauderdale area. He said, I moved up here about six months ago. And I said, that's odd. And I said, I've noticed a lot of people are from Florida up here. I said, I talked to another lady across the street that worked at a tea store, and she was from Jacksonville. And he said, yeah, he said, it's gotten very frustrating. He said, I lived down in Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach my entire life. And I was a musician down there. And he said, after COVID, you know, my business pretty much stopped. You know, nobody had any type of music shows anymore. And he said, and my rent continued to go up every single couple months. And to a point, it was almost three times higher than it was before the uh, pandemic. And he goes, I talked to my landlord and my landlord was basically like, listen, if you don't want to pay it, don't pay it because you're on a month to month now. Uh, but I've got like 30 people on a list waiting to pay exactly what I'm telling you right now, if not more. And uh, so he finally left. He ended up moving up to Blue Ridge, got a little place up here and has been working up here. And he told me, he said, the issue that he found was that during COVID, and we knew this, everybody in the failed states that voted for Democrats and wanted all this stuff to happen in their own garbage states didn't like what was happening in their own garbage states. So they descended on Florida and continued to up the prices. And that's why you see now Florida is one of the most expensive states to live in when it comes to rent and houses. And uh, – taken over a lot of stuff and so now a lot of the original floridians have now started to move out of florida because of how expensive it has gotten and how over infested it's become with individuals that are hardcore liberals moving down here and basically starting to try to take over the city and the state and uh you know we're blessed to have ron DeSantis down there get reelected again but if they ever figure out how to rig the election down here which would be very difficult with florida laws as far as voting laws or if DeSantis decides not to run and we get some real hardcore core leftist communists in Florida, Florida will be Southern California within a few short years. It'll be done because there's so many people that have moved down here 
And what's crazy about it is they aren't going to stop pushing the narrative. The only people that are the main line front and defense are the governors and essentially the sheriffs. And I saw an article earlier, and it was talking about – it was in the Chicago Tribune. This just came out on Friday, and it said healthcare specialists are saying in this triple pandemic, masks could be used to save kids' lives. And I just shook my head when I read it, and it went into detail here. It said the – the best thing we can do right now is to have children wear high-quality masks in all indoor settings right now. This protects not only the people wearing them, but people who are too young to receive the COVID vaccine or have not had all of their booster shots. <laughs> and then it goes on to say here, because children gather schools and daycares, requiring masks in all settings is the single best thing we can do to reduce this triple pandemic. And it says there's little scientific evidence that any side effects occur from mask wearing, uh, which that is a complete and total lie, by the way. I've told you guys there are literally dozens of articles that go into detail with reducing learning, causing issues with language and speech patterns, causing issues with social issues and antisocial issues, also massive health problems, increasing bacterial pneumonia. The list goes on the line with wearing masks on a continually regular basis outside of a medical field because as I've told you guys before – when you are dealing with a doctor or somebody that's basically fully scrubbed down and they're going to surgery and they're wearing a mask, they're not wearing a mask to prevent infection in themselves. They're making sure that they don't get any type of sweat or saliva that drips down off their face while they're doing the surgery so they can continue to keep the wound or the cavity open and not contaminate it. They're not wearing masks to stop transmission of anything, and they're also highly paid, and they also pump oxygen in the room, and as soon as they get done, they pull everything down. There is no legitimate aspect of having young children that have zero medical training, I might add. Five- or six-year-olds have no concept of germs or any type of aspect of touching their face and grabbing their mask and telling them they need to wear a mask on their face six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day. Falls on the floor in the bathroom, falls on the floor in the classroom, pick it back up, put it back on. It's absolutely repulsive that anybody would even say this is a new thing, but for some odd reason – this is what the left loves to do is they love to mask and muzzle these young children. I've told you before, I personally think from the very beginning, not only was the the kind of sicko satanic you know, aspect of it with what they like to do and covering their faces and dehumanizing people, it was to reduce the ability for the children to be able to socialize and communicate properly. We're already seeing a massive issue with young teenagers and young adults right now that can't communicate for anything. They're so used to online digital apps, and they're so used to all these weird sites that they go on to all the time, these weird dating sites and social media. Most of the time, you'll see them sometimes when you go in public. There'll be four, five, six kids, teenagers, young adults at table, and every single person at the table is on their phone. Nobody's talking. I've seen it for I know you have too. Nobody's having a conversation with anybody. They're just sitting there all on their phones. And so what's happening is that's very easy to continue to control the populace and remember it's also too. To monitor and look and continue to build algorithms based on what everybody's doing all the time because when people don't shut their phones down in their truck or leave them in their house and they go out somewhere and they have a private conversation, it's very difficult to monitor or track what anybody's saying. The digital platforms and the digital tracking have been absolutely incredible for the deep state to monitor and algorithm base everything that's been happening in the entire country because remember, the Revolutionary War, it started – in churches, in pubs, in restaurants, people came together. They talked. They rallied together. They shared their feelings, their thoughts about what was happening. They built plans. That's what they did. 
Well, it's very difficult to do that if all you do is send texts, and we know the NSA monitors everything. I'm going to get into detail here in another article after Dad brings some stuff up about what's happened now with this FBI agent that has been terminated now. And uh, we talked about him briefly, but he's doing more and more reports now on what really happened in the FBI field offices and what happened with January 6th and how so many things were completely and totally out of control with what was done and completely against FBI guidelines and what they do. And uh, so I'll bring that up in a second when my computer and internet gets back up here. But I just want to remind everybody, this is not going to slow down or stop until everybody continues to push back. Even Zero Hedge put out an article yesterday that was really good. went into detail, and the title of it that he put on there was essentially, they will lock you down again. And he talks in detail in this article about if people continue to go along with this, they will lock everybody down and they'll try to reinstitute mass mandates and vaccine mandates and do exactly what they did because they already did it before. It's in their behavior repertoire, meaning it's in their behavior pattern to do it. They're going to try to attempt to do it again. And if people consent, they'll continue to go right along the lines of what they're wanting to do and take it further and further and further. That is why it is crucial now that people really start getting involved in vocal because clearly, clearly what they did for two years did not work. So why would you keep doing it? That's the concept that has eluded so many people. I told this to a buddy the other day. I said, if you were in a research lab and you were testing a vaccine, right, and you tested the vaccine on animals and the animals continue to die, and you said, okay, let's tweak the vaccine, we tweak it again, and the animals continue to die and get super sick, and they still continue to catch the virus that you're trying to make them immune towards, and then you test it again on more animals, and you tweak the vaccine again, and you test it again, and the vaccine kills them again, or they get really, really sick, and they still have no immunity, and they continue to grow sicker and sicker and sicker. At what point, <laughs> as a true researcher, researcher do you go okay this isn't working anymore we have to completely go back and start from ground zero and scrap everything we did because it's not effective and it's not safe that's what you would do in any true scientific research setting but for some odd reason obviously we know the reason but the reasons we know of they're not doing that on purpose there is there's nothing about what they have done with this shot that has followed any lines of scientific research or normality when it comes to standard practice and research, none at all. And so that is why people really need to get a grip on this now and say, listen, this can't keep going on. We can't keep playing this facade here that we're going to act like this vaccine's actually helping when now there's a triple pandemic they're warning everybody about. Clearly the flu shot and the COVID shot aren't working for anything. So why are we still even discussing even remotely having them come out as a vaccine mandate or vaccine passport mandates? And the answer is we shouldn't even be considering it. And that is why everybody needs to get voted and have the exact same mindset if you plan on maintaining any type of freedom. What do you think, Ted? A really good opening, really good opening. And I just want to thank you guys. I mean, I got some really good emails this weekend. And one of them really touched my heart last night. And I, I just wanted to share this with you because they brought Sharon into the conversation. And they said the Holy Spirit touched him and told them something about Sharon right now in heaven. And I wanted to read this to you because I prayed for you this morning, and I thought this really lifted my spirits last night, and I want you guys just to hear it. I don't always get a nudge from the Holy Spirit, but I heard him say to me that Sharon is still praying with you every day. He wanted me to remind you that she now prays for you more than ever. She never gets tired, and she always knows the perfect way to pray 
Sorry, guys, I thought I could get through that. I can't. But yeah, so I got to shift this. Uh, the digital revolution has destroyed the usefulness of telephones. This is from Paul Craig Roberts, and it ties directly in what Austin said. He goes, today telephones are just invasive devices. He goes, I remember when telephones were useful as telephones. Today they are used to surf the Internet and to text messages. Most people don't answer the ring unless they recognize the number. Many never set up their email or message functions on their cell phones. He goes on to say, I keep my cell phone off and only turn it on when I have to use it in order to report Internet or power outage to receive a security code or I can sign on and connect with an Internet financial or payment site. I have ceased answering the house phone unless I am expecting a call because 95 percent of the phone calls are robocalls. It's exactly the same way in my house. The digital revolution has made it impossible made it possible for your privacy to be invaded by scum from every country who assume they have a right to invade your space and use your time in an attempt to take advantage of you. Despite the destruction of privacy, a constitutional right, people are being forced to have a cell phone and endless apps and just in order to function. Telephones are useless in other ways. Businesses are no longer set up to answer calls or to let you speak to a person, but that's not true at Health Masters, by the way. We always take your phone calls. You get a robot that gives you menu, men, menus unrelated to the reason you're even calling. My favorite is when I call about the Internet or the power being down, and I'm told by the Internet or the power company's robot to report the problem online site. When there's the option of speaking to a consumer representative, you invariably are told that due to unusual number of calls, you're going to have to be a long wait. Occasionally, you're offered the opportunity to leave a callback number and are promised to be called back within 24 hours, which may or may not happen, may not ever happen. I'm still waiting for a callback from another one of these companies about a week ago. They never called up. Just the other day, it took me one hour and 47 minutes to deal with a matter via telephone that should have taken 30 seconds 20 years ago. Now, guys, it's really important to understand this. Your digital identity can be stolen. you got to realize that. And, and, I, and, I, I, and I tell you guys this. It is so important. Make sure – that you protect your credit. I don't normally talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it right now. What I did about 20 years ago is I basically had my credit frozen. And I saw, and so the TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, I actually contacted them, and I told them that I wanted to have my credit frozen so nobody could take out credit in my name. Very important that you guys do that if you can. And the problem with that is, though, if you try to go out and borrow money or get a credit card or whatever, you've got to unfreeze it, which takes about 10 minutes to unfreeze one of them. And then they allow you to see the credit report. But it's so very important because of this digital revolution, this digital technology, all the stuff that's going on, that you protect your identity against thieves. It's so critical that you do that. And I, I wanted to share that with you this morning. I saw the thing with Paul Craig Robertson, Austin was talking about. I thought, that's pretty good. I like that. I'm going to tie that together. Now, also, I want to cover this. You know, an article just came out, and it, and it said that this is a, a, a the whole thing about all these people, millions of people have come, become sick and have gotten unbelievably ill because of low-fat diets and statins, which can cause Alzheimer's disease. Now, this is an article by Stephanie Seneff. She's a top researcher at MIT. Love her research. She goes, Alzheimer's is a devastating disease whose incident is clearly on the rise in America. Fortunately, a significant number of research dollars are currently being spent trying to understand what causes Alzheimer's disease, and this research is now showing that it could be the diet that people are eating. Introduction. Alzheimer's is a devastating disease that takes away the mind bit by bit over a period of decades. It begins with odd memory gaps, but then steadily erodes your life to a point where around-the-clock care is the only option. With severe Alzheimer's, you can easily wander off and get lost. You may not even recognize your own daughter. Alzheimer's was little-known disease before 1960, but today it threatens to completely derail the health care system. Currently, there are over 5 million people 
with Alzheimer's in the United States. Something in our current lifestyle is increasing the likelihood that we'll succumb to Alzheimer's disease. The ideas developed in this essay are the result of extensive online research that Stephanie Sneff has done. And then we also talk about brain biology in here. And she goes, although I tried to write this essay in a way that is accessible for the non-expert, it will still be helpful to first familiarize yourself with basic knowledge of the brain. Now she goes on to cholesterol and lipid management. Now I'm going to stop one second here. I'm going to say this, and I don't know how to say it any more clearly than this because it completely goes against mainstream medical thought. Your brain has to have cholesterol. I don't know what's what's up with these dummies that say your cholesterol has to be under 100. They're idiots as far as I'm concerned. Keep your cholesterol over 200. Actually, I keep mine between 200 and 250. Heck, I eat six eggs a day to do that because my diet is so clean, my cholesterol wants to drop down. Plus, I use MCT coconut oil. I do that every single day. That's really good brain food. And, and what I also do is I take vitamin E and I take magnesium brain food every day. One of the other things that this article does not address is the fact that a lot of people are inhaling nanoparticles of aluminum. And aluminum has been directly connected to Alzheimer's disease in multiple studies. And that's what the magnesium brain food helps to do. It helps to chelate or pull that aluminum back out of the brain because it will go through the blood-brain barrier on our magnesium brain food. It's magnesium theonate. I take a full tablespoon of that every single day before I go to bed, and I mix it with a total rest. And that lets you sleep like a baby along with – you stack it with melatonin. And you go out like a light. And now I'm 67 years old. You guys all know that. I mean it's not like I hide my age. And what's interesting about that is I sleep through the entire night without having to get up and use the bathroom. I'm being real personal today about this. I also take our prostate support every single day, and I really be honest with you, I sleep through the night whether I take that or not, but I do that as a preventative thing for my prostate because as men get older, they start having issues with the prostate glands. It's really important as you're listening to me this morning, if you're a guy or if you want to be certain that you're not going to have all these issues as far as with senile dementia and things coming up that can be from cholesterol management. Let me read you part of what she says. In addition to some knowledge about the brain, you also will need to know something about the processes that deliver fats and cholesterol to all the tissues of the body. Remember, the body will make cholesterol by itself if you don't eat enough. Fats are digested in the intestine and released into the bloodstream in the form of a relatively large ball with a protective protein coat. This coat can directly provide fuel to many cell types, but it may also be sent to the liver when the sustained fats are sorted out and redistributed to much smaller particles. So what it's saying is you've got to have fat in your diet. This no-fat diet, they started that back in the 90s, by the way. Everybody was saying, you got to be on no-fat, high-carbohydrates. Okay, Low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet is a swine-fattening feed diet. If you want to get really fat, really fast, that's what you eat. Start off the morning with pancakes and syrup. <laughs> okay, Now, I'm being facetious. And make sure you throw about a quart of orange juice in there with it. Make sure you don't eat any eggs or any protein or any fat to slow up the absorption and push your carbohydrates through the roof. And when you do that – all that carbohydrate will be digested almost immediately. It will dump into the bloodstream, which will elevate your glucose through the roof, and your body will then say, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go with a diabetic shock or diabetic coma with high blood sugar. I'm going to dump a whole bunch of insulin in, and the insulin is going to take all that extra sugar, all that extra glucose, and store it as fat. Just thought I'd mention that to you. So then you get up to you know next couple hours later, you take that huge dump because the insulin hits the sugar. The sugar dumps back down. Now you've got a hypoglycemic curve, and now you feel awful. So what do you do? You have your mid-morning snack. You go hit the donuts. Go hit more coffee. Push the glucose back up. And on and on and on it goes till developing syndrome X is pretty much going to happen to you. In other words, you're going to have elevated cholesterol – I'm sorry, ele- elevated carbohydrates, elevated you know, insulin in your body all of the time, which is going to massively increase the risks of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. It's going to massively increase the risks of blindness and amputation. 
all because you're not stabilizing the blood sugar. You don't want large amounts of cholesterol you know, and I'm sorry, large amounts of insulin being dumped into your blood sugar all of the time. Because if you do that, what's going to end up happening is you're going to figure out very, very quickly that you know, you're know you going to be sick and you're going to gain weight like crazy. And you're going to think, what the heck? Why can't I lose weight? The reason you can't lose weight, you're not staying on a, mo- on a moderate ketogenic diet. Now, a lot of you have busted my chops and you go, well, yeah, you eat chicken and vegetables all the time. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Very low glycemic food. It doesn't elevate blood sugar. And that's how I keep my weight down. I just eat a real clean diet. I put a bunch of really healthy fats in it every day, and I eat a good protein source every day, and I eat low glycemic vegetables with it. And it stabilizes the blood sugar, and it helps to get rid of that syndrome X. Then you can, make, you can put the cinnamon extract in there. You, you can put all kinds of other things that we have in the office, which helps to stabilize the blood sugar. Call Steve for information on all that. And by the way, we do answer our telephones. And understand – it's the insulin management that's absolutely critical because syndrome X will massively increase your risks of different types of diseases. So you, you've got to, you have to really understand that. Now, the article goes on to say the relationship between cholesterol and Alzheimer's, the retrospective studies, the statin industry, this is you know, like the statin drugs that give you to lower your cholesterol, has been very successful at the game of pretending that the benefits derived from high cholesterol are actually due to statins. <laughs> this is ridiculous. As I described at length in the essay she wrote, Relation Between Statins and Fetal Damage, she goes, in the case of Alzheimer's, they are playing this game in reverse. They are blaming cholesterol for very serious problems that I believe are actually caused by statin, in, by statin drugs. Now, I, Sharon and I wrote a book. It was called Breakthrough Health. It's got a black and white cover on it. You, you can't miss it. We may have some at the office. may not, but you get it online still. And what I did is I listed the top 10 drugs never to take. And the very first one that I listed, if I remember correctly, was statin drugs. This causes all kinds of problems with the liver. It causes pancreatic cancer. It causes disease after disease after disease after disease. This is stuff like, you know, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to be in a lawsuit. But all the statin drugs are bad. They really are, and I don't think you need to need, you use them. If you're really concerned about your cholesterol and it's really high, like over 300 or whatever, you know, you've got to understand that it's easy to change that by changing diet. The statin industry has jumped on this opportunity to imply that high cholesterol might cause Alzheimer's, and indeed, they have been very fortunate, and the reporters have taken the bait and are promoting the idea that if high cholesterol many years ago is linked to Alzheimer's, then statins might protect from Alzheimer's, which is untrue. Fortunately, there exists wealth, lengthy web pages that have documented a long list of reasons why this idea, idea is absurd. And I'm posting this article. It's on the Health Masters website right now. Men who have high cholesterol in their 50s are the poster child for statin treatment. All of the studies that have shown the benefit of statins in terms of reducing the number of minor heart attacks involved in their 50s. High cholesterol is positively correlated with longevity in people over the age of 85. I'm going to say this again. High cholesterol is positively correlated with longevity. It means you live longer in people over the age of 85. and has been shown to be associated with better memory function and reduced dementia. The converse is also true. A correlation between falling cholesterol levels and Alzheimer's. You know, and so I'm going to say this again. This is one of the reasons that I eat three to six eggs every single day. And when I get up in the morning, I have my three eggs. I've told you that so many times, and I use organic butter. And I cook the eggs. I want the cholesterol. I want the protein. I want the fat. It stabilizes my blood sugar until noon. I feel great I'm doing the show right now on nothing but you know three eggs. And the thing is, if you learn how to keep that blood sugar stabilized, your body loses weight very, very quickly. I had a workout partner years ago. His name's Ken, good friend of mine. He worked out here for about six or seven years. And one day, you know, I saw noticed that he'd lost a bunch of weight, and he was taking my advice, and he'd lost like thirty-five pounds. And I said to him, I said, "What kind of diet are you on, Ken?" He goes, "Well." Be honest with you, Ted. I listen to you. I started eating three eggs every single morning for breakfast, cooked in butter. 
And he says, I just started losing weight by myself. And he said, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I thought, all right, all right, that's, that, that, that's pretty good. So this is the thing I want to share with you guys this morning is that if you eat the right foods and you keep your cholesterol at a healthy level, remember, as your cholesterol drops under 200, all disease rates go through the roof, including cancer. The lower your cholesterol goes, the higher your incidence of cancer. That's why the people 85 years and older who have high cholesterol live longer. So, guys, we've been lied to. It's just a stinking lie by the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Again, that would be the synagogue of Satan. Oh, that's right. Pharmakia again. Oh, that's again the synagogue of Satan. This is the same group all the time that does this stuff. They want you to come down with senile dementia. They want you to come down with Alzheimer's. This is all the stuff they do all the time. And if you understand who they are and what they do, it starts making more sense, a whole lot more sense. Awesome, buddy. What do you think of what's your next story? Oh, you're spot on. And another one that we developed years ago that we found out that was really effective to help out with cholesterol, especially if you really are trying to get it in a healthy range and you really want to push those HDLs up, is the Body Balance Krill Oil, which stands for Hormone Stability, Energy, Mood, Brain, Metabolism, Lipid Profile, and Antioxidant Boost, Himla, H-E-M-M-L-A. It's on the website. We developed it years ago. It's a very specialized krill oil that's a phospholipid omega-3. It's very high in EPA and DHA, and it is incredibly good for normal blood lipid metabolism, cardiovascular health, and also very good for healthy cell membrane fluidity and massively helps with cholesterol levels. That's another one you can throw in there that's really, really effective because dad's spot on. We, if you've looked at the numbers and you've looked at the American Health Association and all these, all these, all these just groups that have come together collectively to continually tell you, oh no, every year, if you watch every couple of years, it needs to get lower, it needs to get lower. I remember there's an article we have it on our website. We brought this up, I think, eight nine years ago is when it came out. And they went into detail in this study saying that, well, even if you don't have high cholesterol, you should start preemptively taking statin drugs to prevent you from getting high cholesterol in the future that you may or may not possibly get. That's like saying, hey, guess what? You may have an injury in the future and you may break a bone sometime, maybe, maybe not. So you should probably start taking OxyContin right now. It's just preemptively, just, just start taking it. In the event that you break a bone, it won't hurt as bad since you're already going to be on oxys. That's literally like what it's saying. And it was the most asinine concept I've ever heard. And the problem is a lot of the medical doctors started prescribing it more and more. Oh, your cholesterol's in healthy range, but you, you should go on it just, you know, just early, just to make sure. And what nobody realizes is that when they first put you on those, and I've had so many people come into the office, so is dad, phone calls, emails, in person. Uh, this has probably been one of the worst drugs I've ever seen for this, is they come in and they say, Austin, I don't know what to do. I felt great. I felt healthy. been eating clean, staying strong. Went to the doctor a few months back. They said my cholesterol is at 205. They flipped out. They said, I have to go on a statin drug immediately. My cholesterol's through the roof. And I'm looking at my HDLs are perfect. My LDLs are in you know, good range. They say 205 is way too high. Can't be high. He's be well below 200. He'd be like 150 now. It's at the new range. It gets, goes down like 10, 20 points every couple of years. And so they told me to go on the statin drug. I went on the statin drug. Now I feel horrible. They said, I have no sex drive. I have no energy. My muscle mass is wasting. I, have, I, can't, I don't want to do anything. And all of a sudden, I started taking this drug. I said, well, why don't you talk to your doctor about coming off of it? Oh, well, doctor, if I come off of it, I could die anytime from a heart attack. And I said, well, that's 
pure fear porn because the doctor doesn't know that because the doctor's not God. And I said, secondly, there's no evidence whatsoever that having your cholesterol below 200 prevents heart attacks at all, period. There's no research that verifies that. And it's exactly what dad just said. You actually dig down and look at some of the clinical trials they've done. They found that long-term longevity, that going below 200 Everything else continues to go up. So they may say, well, you know, you're going to save you about four or five days on your life and uh, from having a heart attack or stroke. So you get extra four or five days, uh, but your rates of cancer and diabetes and all host of other problems are going to go up rapidly through the roof. But they're not going to tell you that. So always be sure to do your own research. If you go to the doctor and they start telling you to take drugs, I'm not telling you what to do with it at all. I'm not telling you to take it or not take it at all. It's not my place. What I am telling you is, do your own research and look up the side effect list because legally they have to give you that list. You can look it up right online. Chop in the drug. Put in the drug, statin, whatever it is, side effects. Bam. You'll get a laundry list. I promise you that. So always be careful of looking and making sure you know what you're putting in your body, especially with these drugs that Big Pharma makes billions of dollars off of. That's one thing that I never understood where so many people just blindly got this shot. They didn't even know what's in it. There's emergency use. They open up the bottle. They open up the package slip, and the whole insert is blank. It's blank. There's nothing on it. They don't have to tell you anything about it. They don't have to tell you what's in it. They don't have to tell you what it does. They don't have to tell you how they made it. They don't have to tell you what the effects are going to be. Nothing. And people go, oh, let me pull up my sleeve. You know, bumbling Biden, he said to go, or Trump, Trump said to get it. Operation Warp Speed, he said, I need to get my shot. So I'm just going to allow them to randomly inject some type of foreign substance into my body because, you know, it's for my safety and health. Guys, everybody's got to start using their brain all the time to start questioning stuff. And going back to what dad was saying briefly on the cell phones, he's exactly right. I've noticed this now for the last couple of years, and this happened a lot again with COVID. You notice now a lot of times how you go to a restaurant and they don't have menus anymore. They tell you to scan the little thing on the, the table. And they tell you, I've seen that a couple times. A lot of times I don't even do it. I'm like, I don't want to look at a menu on my phone. I don't want to put all that out there because now you're tying into that system with them and they can track, oh, he was at a restaurant here. We need now to do direct marketing to try to send him more sales to come back to the restaurant. They're doing this all to continue to monitor everything. And there's a interview that Glenn Beck did. Who I'm, uh, he has some decent stuff sometimes. We did an interview with Steve Friend. The former FBI agent that started with the FBI in 2014 went to the uh, Jacksonville field office, was working out of Daytona and child trafficking, and then was brought back up to D.C. at the end of 2021 to start working on the January 6th investigations. And I listened to the interview today that he did with Glenn Beck, and it was very interesting because one thing he said that they started doing was – and this was completely out of line and out of character for standard procedure of the FBI. He said January 6th was a singular incident. Okay, That was an incident like 9-11. That was an incident like you know the Oklahoma City bombing. It was an incident, he said, but what they did was they chopped up every single person that they were investigating into a new case file. So now it went from one singular incident on January 6th to 800 to 900 to 1,000 to 1,200 different domestic terrorist extremist cases. He said the FBI did this intentionally under the Biden administration in order to prop up the numbers to in order to come up and say, well, this is how many cases we've now had in the last year now domestic terrorism and they were able to exploit and expand the numbers well beyond any type of incident he said another thing they did and this is why i always tell you guys be very cautious where you take your phones with you he said that they were going in 
And the Guardian program that the FBI put together, which is basically the anonymous hotline tip, so anybody in the world, in the country, I should say in the country, can call up and say, hey, I think my neighbor was on a billboard or a photo. Or I saw him somewhere that he may have been in January 6th. I went to high school with him. He's across the street. He's a domestic terrorist. Click. That's it. That's all they have to say. I mean, even some remotely like that. All of a sudden, the FBI sifts through the information. Well, they had their own department that was taking leads from the Guardian program, the anonymous hotline tip, and was transferring it to the January 6th investigation uh, group for the FBI. And he said – and this is when uh, this FBI agent got his first random case. Steve Friend did this FBI agent, this first anonymous case for a FBI investigation into somebody that may have been in January 6th. And he said – they immediately – this is what they did. This name popped up. They did a background check on him. They did a full analysis on him, a full workup on an algorithm of everything that he has basically ever done essentially that the FBI can get a hold of. They then did geo-tracking on his cell phone number. Now, remember, this is without a warrant. They have had blanket immunity and blanket investigation immunity as far as with warrants and tracking with January 6th because of the – uh, Patriot Act from 2001 and de deeming this a domestic terrorist event. This is why they did that. He said they geotracked the guy's phone. He was nowhere near January 6th Capitol building when anything happened. However, they still handed him a case file and said, you have to go talk to him. And he goes, well, there's no warrant or anything. They said, no, there's nothing illegal about talking to this guy and asking him where he was and seeing if he'll talk to you. This is, again, why I always tell you, be very cautious on what information you put out there if you're talking to law enforcement. Not necessarily you can't say, hey, how are you doing, and be friendly and respectful. But in most cases, law enforcement's not talking to you because they're wanting to be your friend. Just letting you know that. The FBI is not coming to your house because they want to hang out with you and chit-chat with you. They're investigating you, and they're talking to you because they're trying to get information from you. And he said this is when he really realized what abuse of power was being done with the FBI and how they were dragnetting anybody they could find in order to prosecute them for January 6th. He said he went to this guy's house, knocked on the door, dur, 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 guy answered the door, said, hey, I'm a detective friend for FBI agent. I'm investigating some stuff with January 6th. I uh, just want to ask you a question. Were you anywhere near the Capitol areas? Because you know, we had an anonymous tip come up. Were you anywhere near the Capitol areas and um, on January 6th? And he said the guy just dead-faced looked at him and started getting tears in his eyes. And he said, January 6th is when I buried my son. I was at a funeral for him on my son on January 6th. Thank you for bringing that up again. And this is when the FBI agent finally realized, okay, we're not actually investigating anything. We're simply dragnetting to find anybody we possibly can to try to throw them in the meat grinder to expand our numbers to make this seem like this incident was way worse than it was. And he said he basically gave the guy's card and left and realized this isn't what he thought it was. He said, and then what really started to come about is when he started seeing people being prosecuted for not even going in the Capitol building. He said there were multiple people that were allegedly caught on geotracking on the Capitol grass behind barriers because a lot of the barriers were pulled down and law enforcement opened up a lot of the fences and the FBI retroactively came in with the DOD and said that the Capitol grounds, the grass around the Capitol was now deemed trespassing as well if there was any type of barrier erect that would people went around it. So they actually started charging people with trespassing on Capitol grounds. Maybe you've heard that charge numerous times. They never even went in the Capitol building, they were standing on the grass and were walking around barriers outside. 
this is when he finally went to his superiors and told them what he had found and realized this whole thing was going way past the scope of any investigation. And that's when they basically told him that he needed to have some soul searching if he wanted to be in the FBI any longer. And eventually he ended up filing a report, got an attorney. He got he, his attorney asked for the FBI field handbook. He got the handbook for the attorney, and then the FBI basically dismissed him on charges that he took FBI property without permission. And now it's just been going ongoing now with this. And the reason why I brought this whole thing up is exactly what Dad just said. Be very, very cautious on where you go and who you're around with your phone now. And I know that sounds paranoid, but it's not. They He admitted that they geotracked anybody that came up with a name, even under the Guardian Anonymous program. If they came up with a name, they immediately can geotrack your phone. This is why they do not want people talking. This is why they don't want people hanging out. This is why they shut down everything for an entire year. They wanted to do a beta test to see how effective it was to monitor and watch every single person via their phone only and not have them communicate with one another, in my opinion. And so just be cautious of that. And there's also those boxes. I know dad has one too, those cases. There's also uh, little packets you can put them in. I forgot the, the defense shields, dad. You, you know what they're talking about. Those ones, they, they completely shut down your phone. Basically puts it in the airplane mode, doesn't it? As well, as what it does, it's, it's basically it's basically a, a bag that stops everything from working. You can do that too if you like. Now, but remember, you won't get phone calls. No, you won't get any phone calls. And if, if you don't want to buy one of those things, you can wrap it in aluminum foil. You get one of those small aluminum pouches and just stick it in that, and that'll stop it too. Um, you, all that kind of stuff works because it creates a Faraday cage around the telephone, which doesn't allow pretty much anything to get in or get out or whatever. So, But just remember, when you, when you do that, you won't be getting any phone calls. You won't be getting any texts. You won't be getting anything. It, some, sometimes it's just easier to turn the phone off instead of doing that, quite frankly, because you're going to have the same thing. But – Sometimes they can still track you with certain types of, how should I say, you know, malware, even when your phone's turned off, because there's always a little power signal on the inside. But that bag will stop everything. Of course, now that's, I'm not saying that's true for all telephones. I'm just making that statement in general, not for every single phone out there, because some of the phones you can still pull the batteries out of. And you pull the batteries out of them, they're done. <laughs> they're not working at all. So just be very, very careful. And, and guys, also, I'm going to say one other thing about this while I'm talking about it. Be careful in other areas, too, on the telephone. If you're talking to certain people, let's say you belong to a group, okay? I'm not going to mention any kind of groups, and they're trying to talk to you about doing things that you know you should not do. Are listening to me? Read between the lines here. You don't know if you're being recorded or not. You don't know who the people are doing this. You don't know if this person is COINTELPRO or an inside informant or whatever. Look at what just happened with the FBI on January the 6th. How many provocateurs were there? How many people were pushing people on the telephone to go there? And then now they've got all the text messages. Oh, you said you were going up there. You said you were going up there armed. You said you were going to do this and this and this. Here's your text messages. You're like, what the heck? I was text messaging as a friend. It wasn't a friend. <laughs> Be very careful. When people come out of nowhere that you've never heard of, and suddenly they got this giant podcast, and all of a sudden all these guests are coming on, and all of a sudden they got a full production crew working for them. Who do you think paid for all that stuff, guys? Uh, there's a lot of money to do all that stuff. And only the CIA, in most cases, COINTELPRO, you know, the government, has the ability to go in and do all that stuff. Be very careful who you listen to. Well, we talk about Jesus all the time. It's just, that's who we talk about because he is the author. He is the finisher. He is the perfecter of our faith. And through Christ, we can do all things because my heart beats for the great I am. 
That's my goal here on this show. That's why we'll never remove that type of content. We will always talk about Jesus and being a Christian. But guys, if they're not talking about the synagogue of Satan, if they're not talking about out-of-control Zionism, if they're not talking about what's going on in Palestine, if they're not talking about what's going on with the Federal Reserve Bank, you got to ask yourself a question because all of these topics are really well-known online. And people know they're the truth. Heck, Kanye West is yoking it out and calling it out along with a lot of other celebrities now. You know, the Amazing Polly came out with a show the other day exposing Pastor Nick and these guys who were working with Kanye West, saying that if he doesn't stop doing it, they're going to have him arrested again and put back on meds into a deep, dark hole. Who talks to people like that, and how can they get along with it? and how can they not be charged with doggone, you know, attempted whatever you want to charge them if they start sending out emails to people like that? You, know, you send that kind of letter to a judge, okay? You tell the judge you're going to kill him. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm, just, I'm using this as, a, as an example. And you start talking to people in a high level of authority who you're going to do all this stuff to. They're going to send the cops over to arrest you. All right. But how is it suddenly that you got a guy who's worth over $10 billion is being told that if he doesn't calm down, they're going to put him back into the insane asylum and inject him with drugs? What the guy said to him. I mean, who says stuff like that? And why in the world are we paying attention and who runs the planet? It's always the ancient Canaanite religions. It's always those guys. Look at the, the games, the, the Commonwealth games that I told you about last week. If you watched the video, I posted it with a giant bull representing Moloch coming out with Prince Charles or King Charles or whatever the heck his name is, sitting there watching it and overviewing all of it. There's some really weird stuff going on on the planet right now, but it's not just something that's happened this week. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. We have a priest class that basically runs everything. Priests and sorceresses and sorcerers and, and, and wizards and weird stuff, you know, just a bunch of weirdos. And they do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, and they were involved. A lot of them were telling Jeffrey Epstein what to do and where to go and how to live his life and do what he did. So read that book, Dead Men Tell No Tales, about Epstein, how he worked for Mossad and how he did all the things that we know he wasn't supposed to do. All that stuff is absolutely critical that we understand who the players are on, on this field. And again – the vast majority, and Chuck Baldwin said it last week, 99% of the people out there that are doing podcasts don't address these issues because they're fear of the blow lag. But, you know, to me, I don't care anymore what difference does it make. I'm being led by the most high God as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to do whatever he asks me or tells me to do. I'm just going to do it and not, not be concerned about it, the blowback or the feedback. That's why I love you guys. I love you guys so much because you pray for us you pray for boldness and that you allow us to just continue to do what we do and you support health masters if it wasn't for you guys out there doing and supporting us and supporting this company that allows us to do what we do on the show we simply couldn't do what we do because we wouldn't have the funding for it so i want to thank you again when you get your toothpaste or your vitamins or whatever you get from us support us a lot of you guys hit that little button and say support the ted and austin brower show and you you throw five ten fifteen hundred dollars two hundred thousand dollars a month or whatever you do on that little button it really helps to pay for everything because, you know, we've got an organization we've got to run, too. Somebody's got to keep the electricity turned on to do the show. Just <laughs> mention that to you guys, and thank you for the continual support. You guys are absolutely amazing to me. You really, got, you really, really are. By the way, here's another interesting article. and I, I, It says, how colleges and sports betting companies have Caesarized campus life. This is very interesting. Remember, I told you how so many of these big games are run through betting through organized crime. Except September 2021, an official in the Michigan State University's athletic department sent an email to his boss with exciting news. An outline being betting company was willing, willing to pay handsomely for the right to promote gambling at the university. What? Alan, if we are willing to make an aggressive position, we have a $1 million a year deal 
on the table with Caesars. Paul Schlegel wrote to Alan Holler, the university's athletic director. The offer from Caesars Sportsbook turned out to be even higher than that, according to the emails obtained by the New York Times. In the end, the company proposed a deal worth $8.4 million over five years. It was a member of the negotiating team and said in another email, the largest sportsbook deal in college athletics. Other schools, too, have struck deals to bring betting to campus. After Louisiana State University signed a similar deal in 2021 with Caesars, the university went, sent an email encouraging recipients, including some students who were under 21, who couldn't legally gamble to place your first bet and earn your first bonus. And when the University of Colorado Boulder in 2020 accepted a $1.6 million to promote private sports gambling on campus, a betting company tweeted the deal by offering the school an extra $30 every time someone downloaded the company's app and used proportional code to place a bet. All three deals are part of a far-reaching but secretive campaign by the nascent online sports gambling industry, who you want to bet that's owned by, by the way. Ever since the Supreme Court's decision in 2018 to let states legalize such betting, gambling companies have been racing to convert traditional casino customers fantasy sports, aficionados, and players of online games into a new generation of digital gamblers. Remember how addictive this is. I'm warning you guys, keep your kids away from this stuff. Warn them if they're in school. Major universities with their tens of thousands of alumni and a captive audience of easy-to-reach students have emerged as a specially enticing target. So far, at least eight universities have become partners with online sports betting companies or sports books, many in the last year, with more expected. In addition, at least a dozen athletic departments and booster clubs have signed agreements with brick-and-mortar casinos. For example, Turning Stone Resort and Casino is, is the official resort of Syracuse's Valley because athletics founded in 2020. Texas Christian University in Fort Worth joined the Windstar World Casino and Resort to open a new club with sites and suites, premium sitting, seating. Okay, Texas Christian, United, Christian University, that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? They're involved in this. The online gambling deals have helped athletic departments recoup some of the revenue that they lost during the pandemic, and the partnerships bring in extra funds that schools can use to sign marquee coaches and build winning sports teams. Okay, I'm going to stop for this. You guys can read the rest of this article. I have it posted. But remember what I told you years ago? I've got a good friend of mine. He's a pastor. He used to play in the NFL. He used to play for Cleveland, and he used to play for Buffalo. His name's Van. And years ago, he told me, he said, when he got out of the NFL, they wanted him to start running numbers for him. He was approached to run numbers and to basically take bets and push this casino-type lifestyle to his friends and other members of the NFL and people that he knew at high-level positions because he had been an NFL player. And they told him, but don't let your friends do this with this betting system that we have in place because all of the NFL games are rigged. Now, this is Vance saying this. Do I think he's telling the truth? I do think he's telling the truth because you're dealing with huge amounts of money here, billions of dollars a year on online betting and betting through the casinos and through the bookies. I remember I was watching that movie with Johnny Depp. I guess it was called uh, – well, it was, it was when he played – I guess he wasn't playing Al Capone. He was playing uh, Dillinger. And he was basically talking to one of his buddies who he used to go in and rob banks with. And they had set up a doggone bookie thing where they were taking bets. And he goes, he says, you go into a bank and you rob it. You get like $60,000 if you do well. He goes, we make that and more every single day doing this. And we don't have to worry about getting shot when we rob a bank. He goes, we're running the gambling. This group of people, this Kabbalist Luciferian sect, this synagogue of Satan sect control all of this too. 
this is one of the reasons they need to have a non-extradition country set up so if they had to flee. Just thought I'd mention that to you. So all of this stuff is real. Then Van also told me that the big college games, not all the college games, but the bigger college games, you're looking at you know playoffs, you're looking at all the other different things they have involved, you're looking at national championships, all of it is rigged. And I personally have told you before, and Austin has told you before, when we went to the game, for the 2013 season, when Florida State was playing Auburn for the national championship, they were doing all kinds of things at the last drive of the game. Auburn was. They were doing horse collars. They were doing face masks. And the refs were standing right beside them, and nobody was calling these. And finally, we drove the ball down the field with Jameis Winston, and we basically scored the final touchdown, and we beat Auburn. Then Austin and I, we were in Pasadena. Along with Steve, he was there too. You know, he's he's our, our our main guy. We have answering the phone to try to help you guys. You ask him this question, and we tried to buy a hat, a jersey, a jacket, a T-shirt that said Florida State National Champion. They didn't exist. We went to booth after booth after booth after booth after booth. Couldn't find them. Everything, every single shirt, every single jacket, every single hat said Auburn National Champions. Now think about that for a second. Why? Didn't they have both sets of inventory ordered? Hmm? Why was it only Auburn won the national champion? Now, I'm not talking about me reading this in a book. Okay, Austin and I were there. We saw this. And it was so frustrating to us because we really wanted to get some memorabilia from being in Pasadena. But it, it, was, it was an interesting experience for us. And Austin, you, do you rem- Austin, do you remember doing that? And do you remember what we thought when we saw all of this? What do you think, bud? Oh, 100%. You're spot on. I remember how unbelievable. I mean, you remember me? I got notably mad because I was really excited. Cause I mean, that was the first, you know, big football game as far as college game, championship game that I had ever been to in Florida State 1. And I was so excited to be out there. And I remember as soon as we got out, when I told you, I said, dude, I'm buying a bunch of shirts. I'm buying shirts for my brother, Harrison. I'm buying shirts for everybody. And I go to the first booth. We don't have any. I said, what is all this garbage? I said, oh, you got Auburn, Cham National Championship. I said, Auburn didn't win. I said, where's the Florida State? We don't have any. Next booth, next booth, next booth. There was not a single Florida State National Championship shirt produced, period, on the entire premises. And there were dozens of other people, Florida State fans, that were extremely mad as I was. It made no sense. And then later on, we found out pretty much from what we did in our research, Florida State was not supposed to win that game. Auburn was supposed to win. And that's when we had... Winston, who was running Florida State as far as quarterback, and it was right after that, the next season, everything went completely strange. His entire game changed. His entire plays changed. He was constantly throwing interceptions. Completely different player. And all of a sudden, we, they'd be down, like, Florida State would be like three, the other team would be like 40, and then all of a sudden, the last you know quarter of the game, Florida State would run the ball four or five times, and all of a sudden, they'd lose by like three points at the very end. Shade the whole points off. I mean, it, it, he started playing with the bookies. And a lot of people don't realize if you do the research, <laughs> they don't realize that the American Gaming Association estimated last year in 2021, the Super Bowl had a total amount of betting at $4.3 billion on one game. $4.3 billion, That is with a B for Bravo. Billion on one game. That's how much betting was done in aggregate from Vegas to New York, all across everywhere. That's how big gambling is. And so, yes, you're exactly right. Gambling can be very addictive for some people, especially people that don't know how to actually gamble properly if they're trying to do it. And I'm not recommending gambling. You start going into sports betting, man, this stuff is so rigged to cover the spread. They know exactly what they are doing. And quite frankly, that's up to you if you want to get involved in that. But the reason why they're going after the colleges now 
is because the overall betting grid, the pool of people that are betting as far as with casinos and everything has become kind of maxed out. The cash flow is maxed out, and these bankers, as greedy as they are, they want to go to a younger pool now to bring into it. So now they want to start bringing 18, 19, 20-year-olds who, by the way, a lot of them are getting student loans, so they are heavy in cash because they start getting these twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year student loans and grants and subsidies and all this stuff. And now the banker boys want to tie into that money because, remember, these banker boys – they breathe air because it's free. They want every single penny. It's never enough. It doesn't matter. They have a trillion dollars on their balance sheet and equity. It doesn't matter. They want more. They want more. It's greed and avarice and knows no bounds of these individuals. And that is why it is so important to always hedge your bet literally on making sure you don't get involved with a lot of these guys and start getting wrapped up in the gambling industry. Because I've known people before that have been bad gamblers, and they've lost a lot. And they've, some of them lost everything. And it's just something that's best – just to stay away from it, especially when you know it's automatically rigged from the very beginning. There's not much of a uh, argument there as far as on how much positive outcome you're going to have on it. So, again, just my two cents on that. And one thing that I wanted to add in here is, as far as well, Dad was saying earlier, it is so crucial that you always try to teach your young children, especially before they go off to college, about finances and money management. That is crucial. Dad was super adamant about me about that when I was younger as far as saving at least 10% of everything you make, tithing on your money, putting money aside and being frugal, looking at what your overall monthly expenditures are, trying to build a budget. Because I have noticed now so many young children, young teenagers, I call them till children, teenagers, have no idea about finances at all. They just, they just like, oh, spend money here, spend money here. I talked to somebody the other day and they were talking about one of the kids they knew was spending like over a thousand dollars a month in Uber Eats, just in Uber Eats. That's ordering food to have it delivered to you. Like you'll order a $6 complete total garbage McDonald's burger for $6. And by the time you pay the taxes and the gas tax and the fees and the delivery surcharge, you pay like $25 for the meal. I've never done it before. I've, I've, I've heard about it, but I saw some of the numbers the other day. Somebody was showing me and there's about a thousand dollars a month just in Uber Eats. And I looked at it, so I was like, wait, they, they need a real lesson in finances. I said, that's, that's not sustainable, nor is that a very good investment. I said, that's only about $200 worth of food, and they spend about $1,000 on it in Uber Eats. So it's crucial because this is what happens to these young kids when they go to college and they start getting these student loans. I saw it happen to a friend of mine. And hey, I don't want to give his name out because I, I, he lived with me in college partly. He was living pretty much solely off student debt. And when he graduated, he graduated about $120,000 in student debt. And I'll say one thing. When that kid was in college, he lived like a king, always going out to eat, always going out to the gambling, always going out to the casino in Tampa, always betting, always doing, running around all the time. Constantly, I couldn't figure out. I said, dude, where do you get all this money from? I knew he was legit. He wasn't like doing anything illegal. And I'm like, where are you getting all this constant money from, bro? Building another car, buying another this. He was, oh, I got another student loan they approved me for. I got like 30000 coming in this month, and I'm going to pay the semester off the next semester. And I got, you know, like an extra $10,000, and I got another grant. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, what happens when you got to pay it back? And sure enough, I had talked to him years ago, and he was – horrifically in debt, horrifically in debt, couldn't pay it back, trying to work in real estate to try to make some money back. And uh, just be very cautious, guys, because these banker boys, 
they they do money magic all the time. This is what they do for a living. They manipulate, twist, and scheme in order to defraud and take money from people because a lot of times people don't know any better, and they always do it by consent, though. They make sure you know what they're doing, and the problem is majority of people don't read the fine line, look at the interest or look at what they're really doing. So make sure you use wisdom, especially with finances like that. Thank you again for the support and emails. I'm trying to look over some of them today while I got service, and I'll be back in town later on this week. And so I just want to give everybody a thank you for the continued support. Healthmasters.com, if you need anything at all, be sure to check out the website. We have all the stuff in stock we talked about today between the Himla, Cholesterol X, Vitamin E. Anything you need, feel free to give us a call up. Steve's usually the one on the phones. He's one of the sales managers over there. does a fantastic job if you guys have ever talked to him. But please, be respectful of his time because we do actually answer the phone and we have to answer the phone for everybody. If you have legitimate questions, want to place an order, feel free to call us up and I'll have you help you out. But please be cognizant of his time because he has to talk to a lot of people every single day and not just calling him up just to chit chat and hang out for 30 minutes, but actually ask him legitimate questions for something you're trying to purchase or need help with. Thank you for that, my friends. Healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the magnesium brain food on sale and Sharon's last cookbook, the Eat Clean and Be Healthy on sale right now. Thank you so much. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Thank you.